0: The preceding message is brought to you by Word Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Word Everywhere Nigeria.
1: Father, we thank you this morning for what you have to get across to us, for the impartation and the release of your spirit. We give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a shout of praise all over the house. This morning's session is the final session of the Workers' Conference. And I believe there's gonna be so much released. Now, who is the person that is gonna grab everything? Or where are you? There's going to be a change of order i am supposed to do the ordination of the dickens right now but i will do it after the word um after as i teach i'll teach we do the ordination then after the ordination we do the impartation just getting the floor can you be seated it's good to see you all you look gorgeous okay we've been having a wonderful time did you have a wonderful time yesterday Yesterday morning session was the least attended session but it's been one of the most powerful sessions. My advice for you is to get the CD and listen to it. Uh, This has been a very very unique workers conference. There have been a lot of instructions. You know, I thought I had seven in terms of the weights that I was going to be sharing with you. That. I believe God wants you to critically look at and lay aside to increase your effectiveness in this season. Now, as co laborers with God, you need to do away with certain weights to be more effective. And we've looked at about six of them, but the list keeps on building up and increasing. So, we still have four to cover this morning. And we started by looking at weights of uh, earthly things. Someone say earthly things. Heartly things. Heartly things. You know, there, there's a way you get grounded on hearts, forgetting the fact that, you know, your citizenship is of heaven. God is aware that you need to deal with things on earth. You need to pay bills. You need to be a responsible husband. You need to be a responsible father. You need to do a bunch of things. But don't allow these things to weigh you down. Are you listening to me? Always remind yourself that your citizenship is of heaven. Say with me, say, my citizenship is of heaven. Never lose sight of your true identity. You are not defined by earthly things. Was it yesterday I was preaching and I said, beware of covetousness. Covetousness is simply desiring to have what God has not given you. Godliness with contentment is of great gain learn to enjoy every phase of your life for the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things don't allow things to control you especially material things most of the time people are depressed because of things lack of things gets people moved off marriages are suffering because of things people can enjoy their relationship with god always worried way down by things but I declare after this conference i see you delivered from things earthly yeah. things partly things are not restricted to material things even things like marriage can become a distraction Mention the fact that some of you were so focused as a christian Until you became married. (laughs) Now you have to make your wife happy. You have to be a responsible father. Which is okay. Which is good. But while doing all that. Don't lose yourself. In all these earthly affairs. There is a race you've been called to run. And when you allow earthly things to settle on your mind. Guess what? It begins to slow you down. I declare as God's prophet, your days of being slowed down are over. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, cast all your cares on me. For I care for you. Career, cast it on me. Finances, cast it on me. Don't allow anything on heart to weigh you down. I need you to run. And I declare somebody
0: under the sound of my voice. We receive such momentum from heaven this morning. And we begin to run with so much speed to fulfill the assignment God has for him in life in the name of Jesus. For you to press effectively, you
1: must let go of all the earthly affairs. Nobody is asking you to be responsible. But don't allow anything to weigh you down. Okay, things need to be done. I will be helped by God. But in the process of doing those things, I will not forget my true identity. My citizenship is of heaven. Is somebody here with me? My citizenship is of heaven. My citizenship of heaven. I'm looking forward. You know, the Bible says that as this opening purifies himself. I believe we need to have more teaching on heaven in the body of Christ. People are too many Christians live as if they will be living on earth forever, and most people don't even have an idea of what we're going to be doing in heaven. That's why they are not looking forward to it. In fact, some people believe heaven will be boring, so let me do all the fun here on earth, so that when I get to heaven, and you know it's going to be eternal boredom. At least the compensation is I've made the most of earth you cannot even imagine what God has in terms of pleasure in heaven. Some people say, "Oh, you know, marriage is the height of things on earth. You have fun. You have pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time you taste that of heaven, the real pleasure between Christ and his church, you realize marriage was low level form. And that's why you willn't need that marriage. That person you cannot the person that person that you married, and because of him or her, you stop serving God. You will realize when you get to heaven, you will be your brother and sister in Christ. You can't even touch him, you can't touch her. And now he's like, No, nobody can come between me and my husband, though. Nobody's trying to come between you and your husband. But we're trying to give you perspective. Perspective. Lose themselves to all these earthly affairs family have distracted so many people in the name of raising a strong family they forgot about God's purpose for their life earthly affairs but well, declare from today earthly affairs will not hold you down yeah. then we move from earthly affairs towards to performance someone say performance There's a pressure that comes with, you know, wanting to do enough, you know, to to, to be accepted, especially by God. But ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that there's a grace provision which is about the fact that you've been accepted before performance. See after me, say, Jesus accepted me. And I'm comfortable with it. There's such a thing as being comfortable with the fact that God has called you his own before you did anything right. Am I saying we should not do the right things and bring forth good works? No, I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is this, don't be under pressure to be accepted. Don't be performance driven. Be conscious of the fact that God already loves you. God has already accepted you. Grace is authentic where you are concerned. The gift of righteousness is real. And based on all that, God is fine with you. Don't you ever say, God is fine with me. He's not angry with me. My sonship is not a function of my performance. I have an identity that makes me God's own. You love your children even when they cannot do anything for you. True or false. Of course, there is a way your child grows up And start doing things at home. Can do chores. He can take trash outside. He can, you know. Then after a while, they're even so grown that they can drive you. But there was a time they can't do anything. Didn't you love them? You love them. In the same vein, God loves you. So, you are not accepted because you have started doing something right. You are accepted because of who you are. You are an extension of God. You carry his identity. You carry his DNA, and based on that, he has accepted you. So don't think like, i got to do something in order for God to be pleased with me. He's already pleased with you. Is that clear? Then we move from weight of performance to the weight of your past. Who has not made mistakes in the past before? But don't allow those past to define your future. It's on purpose that your rear view mirror is small. As compared to your windscreen. Because God wants you to focus on the future, not on the past. If you keep on looking behind you while driving, you might end up in a what? In a crash. Not even you may head up, you will end up. Tons you may say, neighbor, look past your past. Put your past behind. And I'm not just talking in terms of your your failures, even your successes. Stop over-celebrating a record that has been set. When you should be particular about new records to be set. Oh, I was so good. The path of the righteous is like a shining path. Proverbs 4 verse 18 it shines brighter and brighter. It should be getting better. And there's an attachment to the past that stops you from having a better future. Remember not the former things. Not consider the things of the old. Behold, I will do a new thing. God is a God of new things. I declare this year will be your your year of manifestation of the new things of God. But for you to do that, you must learn how to detach from your past. He said, forgetting the things which are what? Behind and reaching forward. To forge ahead, you must disconnect from your past. There's an imagination God wants you to use. But because you are too busy with memory, your imagination has become redundant. Hmm. There's a future God wants you to capture. So don't allow your past to stop that future. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Then the fourth one was the, uh, the, the weight of wrong association. Any alignment that magnifies your weakness is a killer of your destiny. Blessed is the man that walks in the council of the Godly, not standing the way of the sinner, not sitting in the seat of the sinful. You must evaluate your relationship. You must make sure you have a right company around you for you to walk in the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Run your race, press forward without distraction. Association is everything. Lot associated with people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at what happened to him. He ended up in destruction. He lost literally everything. Lost his wife lost his sons-in-law even the daughters that fall that were not lost look at what they did to him he moved into a corrupt environment and that corruption slipped into his home and everything became corrupted i declare your destiny will not be corrupted by a wrong association an average person in prison today got there because of his friends and a lot of people in high places today are there because of the people they befriended. I declare in the name of Jesus, you will not befriend whosoever will reduce you. Yeah. Any alliance that magnifies your weakness is a killer of your destiny. The things that God has helped you away from, all of a sudden, they are coming alive. When you started befriending him, what do you do? Run. Your alliance, your friendship, must magnify your strength. They must supply strength, eliminate weaknesses, and bring advantage. Then we move to the weight of ambition. Ambition is literally putting yourself before everything. I will, I will. You are forgotten that you came out of God. And that God has a will. Don't you never say God has a will? So rather than going around projecting your will, why not find out what his will for your life is? You can't be smarter than your creator. He had a plan. He had strategies for your destiny. One of the smartest things you can do in life is to consecrate yourself consistently to God's plan and purpose rather than going around putting your limited desire Above God's will, a lot of people don't even bother to find out what is God saying. They think they have it all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Proverbs three six says, and He will direct your will. Don't join the devil's company. Isaiah chapter fourteen. I will exalt my throne. Look at where he ended. He was cast down. He desired more than he was wired for. Hmm. When your desire is not consistent with your wiring you get into trouble. Say with me this morning, say, I consecrate myself to God's purpose, God's plan, God's design for my life. So there is such a thing as a weight of what? Ambition. You become so driven, so self-driven at the expense of God's purpose. As you are driving yourself, you might literally be driving yourself away from what God has for you. Assuming you are supposed to be heading towards Ibadan. And now you are facing Ikolodu. Will you get to Ibadan through Ikorodu? Maybe one way. I don't even think so. But you get the point. You get the gist. Don't drive away. Don't drive yourself away from God's plan for your life. Say with me, say "I'm I'm not self driven. I'm God driven. And we do it again say, I am not self-driven. Am self-driven. Rather, Rather, I'm God-driven. God-driven. I'm conscious of God's purpose, God's plan, God's direction, God's intent. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desire of what? Of your hearts. Uh, by the way, can you bring out your phone right now and share? Let's do the, and you know, the, our Nigerian have been very, very generous. They have made free Wi-Fi available. Whether you have data or not, you can connect to Internet. Search for me on Facebook. Can you put it on the screen? My cute page, Dr. K. Life. Uh, the message going on right now, this morning's session, can you share it? Go ahead and share it. And if you are from where I was born, you can share it. Go ahead and share it. Share it. Let the nations partake of the glory of God. Somebody shout, amen. Amen. Are we doing it? If you are not doing it, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Share it. If you don't have Facebook, if already, those of us that are just on Facebook, they say we are old people. That the younger people have moved to Instagram. So, and even the Facebook, you are not on it. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. Your ancient soul. One of my sons in London, a while ago, we well, were making fun of him. He said, are you on Facebook? He said, no. He said, what social media platform are you on? He said, eBay. <laughs> He's an Indian man in London. <laughs> he said, the only social media I'm interested is the one that can make money for me. I <laughs> can sell and buy. eBay is not the social media. An online marketing platform. So, so hopefully, you are not as ancient as him. Are you that ancient? So, then the last one we dealt with yesterday is what is called the weight of affliction. Weight of affliction. Jesus said, In this world you shall have tribulations. In other words, you will have opportunities to be troubled. So don't think trouble is peculiar to your life. Are you here this morning? You feel like, oh, you see, it seems I'm the only one the devil is after. No, the devil is after whatsoever goes for the word of God. Because the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 17, he said, For the word's sake, affliction arose. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, Psalm 34, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Now, the enemy will cook up troubles, he will stir up trouble, but God assures you of victory. So don't let that weight of affliction weigh down your destiny. There will be issues to deal with, something will try to get messed up around you. But ladies and gentlemen, God promises you of victory at the end of it. The world is built to win. So rather than receive the affliction, let the world fight the affliction. The only reason why the affliction will overcome a believer in Christ Jesus is when that believer is not rooted in the world. Mark chapter 4 talks about the stony ground. And because of the lack of, you know, the appropriate environment for roots to be developed, when affliction came, what happened? The seed was compromised. But in a situation whereby you have been rooted, there's no affliction can, that can displace you. Do you know that affliction is your opportunity for greater level? You take tests when you're about to be promoted. Count it or join when you fall into divers of trials. and He said, for the trying of your faith is not the trying of your personality. (laughs) The trying of your faith. The problem is some of us have been trying to fight affliction with our personality. Let faith fight it. The trying of your faith. Work at what? Patience. In other words, it brings you to a place of consistency. You are able to hold on to what God has said. And there's no way you will hold on to what God has said that you will not end up in the inheritance he has for you. That's why the Bible says, Be ye followers of them that through faith and patience. So that affliction is an opportunity to develop patience. You are tried. And you remain consistent because you are rooted. And at the end of it, there will be a manifestation of what God has promised. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. What a perspective. In other words, affliction does not weigh him down. And the proof is, he called the affliction light. Say with me, say, I declare this money. In fact, let's get on our feet. Let's make a declaration of faith on our feet. Say, I declare this money concerning every trouble around me in any part of my life i call you lights oh come on Shari. say i call you lights you are not major
0: you are not mega you can't control my destiny i rejoice in the midst of affliction i throw a mega party in the midst of trouble because i know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the wall because I know in all these things I am more than conqueror because I know whatsoever is born of God overcome the world. So I declare every affliction you are lie. Can you rejoice this morning? Can you rejoice this morning?
1: Don't allow affliction to weigh your soul down. Hmm, don't no, it. Jesus already conquered. If there's any expression, it should be wow, he won. And he won means you win. <laughs> he won, you win. Somebody shout, He won, he won. I, win. I, win. I win. Today, you win. So that issue, <laughs> I feel the anointing of our Holy Ghost that thing going on in your life cannot defeat you. So trouble is an opportunity to magnify Christ. Call it light because it's really light. Say with me, say that affliction going on in any any aspect of my life is light. The glory that we end up That we end up in after the affliction is heavy. (laughs) The promotion I will receive after these tests is major. The level that is coming after this examination
0: is massive. So I rejoice. I rejoice, I rejoice, I rejoice. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. You can have a party. I rejoice, I rejoice. Make light of every affliction for the next 90 seconds. I said, Make light of every affliction for the next 90 seconds. Rejoice, I say Rejoice.
1: You may be seated. Because every time there is one affliction, so he said, Why me? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, Many are the afflictions of what? But he says, The Lord delivers you out of them all. You are built to win. So every affliction is an opportunity to demonstrate your capacity for victory. That doesn't mean you should be living the consciousness of spiritual attack. Some people, any little thing, is a spiritual attack. Oh, it's a spiritual attack. If the devil does not attack you, who else will he attack? You are his, a constant, you know. He will attack you. So why should you feel surprised that you are attacked? I'm under attack again. But there is a place of rest you occupied that even the attack comes and you don't notice it because before he came you already label it light in this world you will have what tribulations but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so don't be surprised when affliction arises it's for the world's sake let the world fight it and bring you to a place of victory somebody shout amen Is that very clear so to round up this powerful conference i will teach you four new weights today the first one which is the seventh in the overall you know list is what i call the weight of distraction the weight of distraction how often do we see christians that allow things to take their eyes off jesus anything that takes your attention off jesus it can be a business idea is a killer of destiny all of a somebody can say i just have an idea that will change your life ladies and gentlemen nothing can change your life like jesus don't you say be not deceived you know and that's why i tell people i say, passion can be dangerous passionate people they run in any direction passionately. So passion by itself can get you into trouble. Was it not passion that got Moses into trouble? He was so passionate. He would not wait for the, you know, the, that annoying thing that would come upon him to execute his purpose. So we need to literally differentiate between purpose and passion. Passion moved Moses and he ended up a murderer and the people that were supposed to be excited about his mission were even the ones that said you are a killer we don't trust you a lot of destinies have been you know they aborted because they are running purely on what passion i'm talking about distraction You can run in a wrong direction contrary to the purpose of God for your life so passionately. How many times have people brought business ideas and people got so passionate about it? Especially all this useless marketing, multi-layer stuff. Are you listening to me? Can I preach well this morning? Please do not be deceived. Anything that tells you they can double your money within three weeks, run. It will almost, it will always crash. Distraction. Anything that takes your eyes off Jesus, any alternative to Jesus is a distraction. Distraction. People have been distracted. They want to get rich so quickly. And all of a sudden, they have an alternative for the covenant. This is a divine idea. No, Is a demonic idea. Don't be distracted. Weight of distraction. If you have ever had to deal with distracted people, you know what I'm talking about. Hopefully, you've never been distracted. So, I want to ask you to raise up your hand if you have been distracted because I know you have never been distracted. Am I right? You've never been distracted. But if you've been distracted, you know what I'm talking about. When you are in a season of distraction, you are so blinded. You cannot even see how distracted you are. Some people, you know, the the devil sends, he sends somebody into their life. It can be a girl, it can be a boy. say, I love him, I love him. Love what? You love distraction. Anything that makes you lose yourself to the point that you don't see Jesus again, but that thing is a distraction.
0: Looking unto Jesus, anything that
1: takes your eyes off Jesus is a distraction. A job that takes your eyes from Jesus is a distraction. A woman that takes your eyes off Jesus is a distraction. An idea that takes your eyes off Jesus is a what? A distraction. And the enemy knows how to press a button. He knows what you have tendency to lust after. And he gives you the opportunity. You begin to like, "Oh my God, wow, that's it. That's what we've been waiting for. Looking onto Jesus, there's nothing you need that Jesus cannot deliver. If Jesus cannot deliver it, you don't need it." <laughs> Did you hear me? If Jesus cannot deliver it, you don't what need it. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. There was a story told in Matthew chapter 14 that I love so much. A story about a man called Peter. Go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 26. 26. Are you there? show the scripture if you're there media it's on screen it says that when the disciples saw him that was jesus walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a ghost why were they troubled because it's unusual it's not normal it's not, some, it's not something you see every day even till that day do you see people walking on the sea all the time but jesus walked on the sea he did the unusual and that tells you something you're the champion of your faith. Has no limitation. Don't you never say whatever it will take to have what I need manifested, Jesus has it covered. He was walking on the sea. The Bible says they were troubled. <laughs> Look at what they say. they say. It is a ghost. They cried out for what? For fear. Verse 27 says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I do not be afraid you will realize that whenever Jesus notices fear it dies in immediately because fear is so deadly and you know fear comes in through anything oh yeah I'm afraid I'm afraid that phrase should not be next to your mouth say after me say I'm not afraid of anything, I'm not afraid of anything. what about this I'm not afraid of God there's a difference between the fear of God and being afraid of what? God. There is a fear as in terms of reverence. We honor God. We esteem God. But we are not afraid of God. So the next time you are singing this song, make sure that Eru is not being afraid. It's God, I honor you. Not like, ah, it's a dangerous God. He can kill. He can. No, no, no. Don't you know I say God is not a murderer? <laughs> it's not just somebody that wake up one day and say, I, I choose to do this. I choose to terminate your life. Say, God of love. So immediately Jesus said to them, He said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be what? Afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So apparently Peter was not sure it was God. It was Jesus. So he threw it out. He said, if it's really you, say I should come.
0: Hmm.
1: So he said, come. (laughs) And come was enough. Because the Bible makes us realize, and when Peter had come down the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Just based on come. No one, no one, no, no one that Mary said, Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. It's enough. His word is enough. A word from God that carries the breath of God is enough to change your situation, transform things, turn you around to the point that people will not be able to realize. To recognize you again. Come. And Jesus walked on the water. Just, I me mean, and Peter walked on the water just like Jesus was doing. So he was walking on water to go to Jesus. Look at it. Verse 30. But he saw, oh, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. <laughs> and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. So, he walked on water for as long as his focus was on Jesus and what Jesus has said. Distraction is anything that takes you away from Jesus and what he has said. What has he said to you? What has he promised you in his word? What has he revealed to you by personal revelation? Stick to it. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and his word. And the Bible says it began to sink. For you to run the race set before you, you must have your eyes on Jesus all the time. Come on, say with me, say, My eyes on Jesus all the time. You know, there's a way you are so busy following Jesus everywhere that you cannot be distracted. And if you cannot be distracted, you cannot sink because you will not be afraid. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? I'm focused on Jesus and his word. So anything that takes your eyes off Jesus is a distraction. Weight of distraction. It can be a job. It can be a relationship. Don't allow it. Because distraction is deadly. Because distraction can get you killed. Thank God Peter was smart enough to quickly shout. (laughs) Look at what Peter said. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Then I was, you didn't have to go through this. You could have maintained your focus on me and stay, aflo- uh, stay afloat, all the time. You don't have to sink. Say with me: "Say, I will not sink. I, I will not be drowned drown. in the affairs of life, because my focus will be on Jesus all the time." Eight. It's, right, weight of pride. Pride is what I call a foolish and irrational corrupt sense of one's personal sense, of one, one personal's value. Should I say it again? A foolish and irrational corrupt sense of your personal value. Pride is an overestimation of your personal (laughs) worth, And pride creates a false sense of superiority that makes it difficult for you to learn from other people. Prideful people, they think they are all in all. Highly unteachable because they know it all. I'm fine. I know what to do. I'll figure it out don't bother me i'm in, I'm in charge <laughs> that is dangerous teachability is a function of humility don't seek to be right rather seek to learn for you to be effective in running the race set before you you need to set aside pride you can learn from people. And you will always need to learn from people. You don't know everything. If you think you know everything, then you are prideful. Humility opens you up to resources. It opens you up to help. Everybody that cried for help when Jesus was around got it. But prideful people will never cry out for help because they are trying to figure it out and a lot of times they die trying to figure it out pride is a weight a terrible weight don't seek to be right seek to learn you know some people they just want to defend it i'm right you are wrong i don't have to be right I just want to win. And in order to win, it's about learning. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Prideful people cannot learn. They can learn from people because they know it all. Oh. When you stop learning, you lose relevance. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He said, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let's see it together. When you think you are better than everybody, you are in trouble. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of (laughs) faith. You know the amazing thing is wherever you see faith, you know by implication you can put grace. Because faith exists for grace. Faith takes what grace makes. And so what he's saying here is that you have been graced to a level. For you to think beyond your grace, you are prideful. Say after me, say, I don't know everything. Grace has been measured to me and I appreciate the grace measured to me but I don't see myself beyond my grace. God has dealt to every man a measure of faith to do what? To take his measure of grace. So the grace that is not allocated to you, don't project yourself like you have it. Are you listening to me? For example, some of us are graced to be, you know, members of this church. And it put you under a pastor in different locations. Celebrate that authority and draw and learn. Even as a minister, I don't know everything. And you know what? I need to learn from literally everywhere. I learn from you. I learned from superiors and I learned from peers. But there is a weight of pride that you just go around the place and say, okay, I'm fine. What is he going to teach us? I already know it. You know, God dealt with me recently. He said, will you deny yourself of the grace other people carry just because they are not your kind? Well, you didn't hear me. Even as a minister. Now, let's assume God has given you an opportunity to experience revelation in a particular line and you are so formed in it and you are so excited about it. And you see some other groups that are not exposed to what you are exposed in or they are not as established as you are in that particular, you know, area. You now look down on them like they are nothing. God says you are denying yourself the privilege of Getting blessed based on what they carry. You can learn from people that are not like you. You don't have everything. Now, don't you, neighbor? Say neighbor. I know you are cute. You are awesome. You are gorgeous. You are too much, but you are not that much. Humility is so essential in life. You want to run this race effectively, learn, learn. And listen, gentlemen, there are faces to life. You might be the local champion for the next three, four years. Before you know it, another generation will come and you'll become the local champion. They say, ah, those small boys, those small boys, God has raised them. And do you know why God raises people in every generation? Because he needs people that will reach... That generation. And whether you like it or not, you are not as young as you think. You are not as young. I was looking at all of you yesterday. Especially some of you, I said, boy, <laughs> they, are not, they are no longer as young. Now, when I, you know, there was a time I didn't want people to call me daddy in church because I felt like uh, that's for old people. Ah, daddy, ah, no, 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 no. Just call me Pastor K. Pastor K. But now when people call me daddy, I feel comfortable. Because some of them, I can literally give back to them. (laughs) Somebody came to see me yesterday who is involved with one of our doctors in Chicago. And you know, they're gonna be getting married by next year, by God's grace. And you know, we were talking. And so just so I was missing her for the first time. So she came from me, but we were talking, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Introduce yourself, let me get to know you. When he told me, I said, Wow, this is your age. Wow, I'm that old. I can literally give birth to her. Literally. So daddy is daddy. So it's okay, call me daddy. It's okay, it's comfortable now. I mean. (laughs) You know, I had an experience uh, last year. Somebody came to set up the cable in our house and, you know, so he looked at the house and said wow beautiful house you must have done well for yourself at this young age i said really <laughs> Sir, "Can you guess how young i, I am I said, 27. Mm, <laughs> that's a compliment too i'm serious too. maybe you thought i was mad i wasn't mad though i started smiling i said boy you look good <laughs> you look good so i'm 27 and now pause i said that means I was born after I enter university. Because twenty-seven years ago I was already I was almost rounding up in school pharmacy. I'm that young. Did you hear me? I'm that young. You know, last year my high school classmates they went to do thirty years that they left high school. I said, yeah, 30. I said, 30. Boy. And, you know, to make my, my, my matters worse, all my friends, most of my friends in America, they are too old. In fact, I'm looking for new friends now. <laughs> you no, know, for a while now, I've been preaching at 58th birthday. All of them are doing 50, and, and some of them will say, you are my spiritual parent." Come on. I said, please don't stop saying it. <laughs> they will think I'm old. How can I be preaching at your 50th birthday? Look at my this young face. Say, come and speak a word of wisdom over us at 50. Which wisdom should I be speaking? In fact, I'm coming up with a new plan now. You know, we have a group in church. We call them wisdom group. It's for 50 and above. Since I'm knocking on it, I'm repackaging that group. 60 and above. (laughs) Because I cannot be, look at me, look at this cute face. I will now be in the group of the oldest people in church. I know, I'm young. Come on. And that's why every time I come around, you notice there's a fresh packaging to make look younger. All this is part of younger packaging. I mean, you know, you have to, I mean, come on. If the scripture says your youth is renewed like an eagle. Then, you know, walk like it, talk like it, dress like it. I mean, don't be predictable. Ah, Boy, up your game. You know, we young people. You know, as as I'm saying, you know. I mean, but the truth is this. I'm not as young as I want to be people are coming up, doing great things in this city, impacting, and we cannot deny it. Those small boys, those poor boys understand certain things you don't understand by the virtue of your generation. Oh my God. Come on, come on, talk to me. When I was in primary school, we used late. Look at your two-year-old now with your phone. They use your phone. At times, you are wondering, do they download the manual for them from every One year old now, bringing your phone. He knows how to go to apps, YouTube. He knows what he I'm like, slates, chalk. Do they still sell it? Because your phone has become the slates. Are you listening to me? And now you are still going all over the place pre- pre- preaching the gospel of slate. You must use slate. There's wisdom in slate. Slate has become obsolete. You know, when we were growing up, people that preached the gospel, they preached the gospel with megaphone. 6 a.m. I don't know if you remember those days. You bring out your prayer. Jesus died for you. Listen, gentlemen, if you do that now, some people are still doing it. God help them. Do you know... How many people you can reach on that thing called phone, on your social media? At the same time, for example, people watching this program—I don't even know from many nations they are watching now. You are connected to people all over the world at the same time, without having to leave a location. I'm doing this meeting here now, but people are watching in America. People are watching in England. People are watching in different nations. Somebody is watching in Dubai and getting blessed. Can you imagine not embracing that technology which was not available when I started preaching? I'm having to learn some new technology which are natural for some new generation. For example, I'm just stepping up my game in Instagram because Instagram is not for me originally. But, a generation, Instagram was natural and they have gone. So I said, let's learn. Rather than criticizing them. So you don't don't only learn from people that are ahead of you. You learn from people that are under you. I have people that are doing massive things in the nations today. That learned from me 20 years ago. 25 years ago. And I celebrate them. I pick their brain. In fact, there's one of my sons here that I've said before I leave the country, I want to spend time with him because I want to pick his brain. I want to learn because I don't want to expire. When, when you stop learning, you aspire. You lose relevance. You notice some companies, they keep on emerging with every generation because they keep on learning. The people that don't want to learn, they expire. Why do we have the new? So that as a ministry, we can imagine re-repackage yourself they used to call us the church of young people but the people they call young people then they are 45 <laughs> how young can that be and over 70% of nigerians are under 30 if you only reach your generation after a while your brand will become extinct Polaroid was on top of their industry several years ago. They were told digital photography is around the corner. It's available. They didn't take it serious. They said, we are fine. Where is Polaroid today? They fizzled out. I declare you will not fizzle out in your generation. (laughs) So there's a weight of pride just because you are a local champion. A few years ago, does not mean you are still raining. Yeah. Yeah. Go and learn from people that are emerging. Say, oh, those people, they are kind of... You are, you are envious of them. It's because they are reaching people you can't reach. And that's why you, are, you want to just beat them down, make them look like they are not doing it well. So for your relevance to continue, you must make sure the weight of pride, you put it down, you learn. To the glory of God, almost every cutting-edge ministry in this nation today, maybe not almost, but a good number of them are people that drank from me. Don't want to mention names. Thank God I'm still relevant. But for me to maintain relevance, I, I learn from them to, what are you doing? That's why we have some of them at the 20th anniversary. Because 20 years ago, almost all of them were learning from me. But now, 20 years have come and gone. God has promoted something. Let's pick a few things from them, too. Hmm. Don't you name say humility is an asset. If you are without that asset, you will soon expire. Weight of what? Pride. So that they will not start talking about you like you are dead when you are still alive. Because you have lost relevance. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we really enjoying this conference? Let me share a few scripture with you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. We already dealt with that, right? The weight of ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, in humility, let each esteem others better than themselves. You know, this sense of I'm better than everybody is a demonic sense, a feeling of you are superior. We are all made in the image of God. You carry an aspect of God. The person sitting next to you carries an aspect of God. Somebody in Ikiri carries an aspect of God. Somebody in Ikbogun carries an aspect of God. So stop looking down on people based on where they come from, based on the color of their skin, based on their background, based on their the, the education. Everybody carries something, and you can learn from every somebody if you are, you know, if you are humble enough. And that's the greatest greatest positioning of smartness because you will collect assets from everywhere. Collect this asset. Collect that asset. Because you are humble enough to what? Learn. And by the time you put everything together you will look like you are bigger than yourself. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18. goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 31. The ear that hears the rebukes of life, we abide among the wise. The ability to receive rebuke, to be reproved and not react he said, The hear that hears the rebukes of life, we abide among the wise. Nine, the weight of independence. Independence. You know, some people are just too independent, they are all by themselves. Lone Ranger club know what I want I know what I'm doing I'm fine I can do it by myself they are not team players they are not submitted they are not accountable they just run it by themselves listen you can only do much by yourself you need a team you are a product of let us let us make man in our own image so man came out of us so for man to despise us man will be limited you need a team you need a team you need a team one of your prayers on the is your lord help me to recognize my team team players you know most corporation now they don't even want to employ employ anybody who is not a team player yeah. Yeah. a team player a team player this is very connected to the last point team player that recognizes that other people have things to contribute you need a team and one of the things you get from not being independent is you get counsel you must value counsel. Place a high value on what? Counsel. I like the way Yoruba people say it. And most of you will not even know the Yoruba word if I say it. immoral. That's deep, right? Counsel. immoral. I'm serious. People that can speak wisdom into your life. Don't you never say neighbor? You need counsel. And by the way, if a single woman here and somebody claims to be in love with you and there's no counselor in his life run. he's not accountable, he just operates by himself, no pastor, no mentor, no instructor, he knows it all. That man will crash your car so the car you are about to enter that you call cute will soon have a crash. Value counsel. To be effective, you must value counsel. Let me tell you this. You must be deliberate about mentorship. Mentorship. Write it down. Mentorship. 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 If you cannot place your head under some, someone, you are about to aspire. Value mentorship. Who is your mentor? Jesus, the author and the fear of my faith. <laughs> you need mentor that we know we that is still living. Jesus is living, but he's not living on earth. A mentor that is living what? On earth. Who is your mentor? Kennedy again. Who's your mental kenekopla i, I said that one is still living but do you know where he lives does he know you exist so he knows me in the spirit so we will counsel you in the spirits somebody comes to me in my dream and speaks to me i i appreciate your spirituality but you need counselors that know your address they know your name they have your phone number they can call you and say can i see you before you have a crash People that you have given permission to look into your life and challenge you. You know, it takes more than charisma to succeed. I've been in ministry long enough to see how most of the people that were the, that were the most charismatic in every generation failed. In fact, can I be real? I've realized that the people that succeed most in most generations are not necessarily the most charismatic, they are not necessarily the most gifted. Gifts are not enough. Oh, I love this session. Gifts are not enough. Because some of us, we are so pumped up because of our gift. Especially those of us that discover our gifts very early. We allow our gifts to get into our head and we think all to success. All to fulfilling your, the, the, the plan and purpose of God for your life. All to running your race. is gift. I'm gifted. Your gifts alone cannot bring you to What? The realization of God's purpose for your life. Mentorship. Accountability. Bring yourself under people. Give people permission to spank you. Are you listening to me? Give people permission to what? Spank you. I just spend time in the world. And you know, through my communion with God, I get everything. Liar. Prideful arrogant it doesn't work that way they call me daddy but you know i say call somebody daddy called me from tresnov is in america i'm in nigeria now revitor called me two days ago just wanted to chat with me and you know there's a level you get to that the person you call daddy now becomes your friend for example all the people here they are my friend they don't quake do you quake in my presence if there's any pastor that's still quick in my presence, maybe he's just freshly ordained. They don't know me. Because if you know me, Pastor Jim, am I that difficult? <laughs> God, God forbid, I don't even want to be that kind of daddy. The kind of daddy that is driving in and all the children start taking cover. <laughs> I know some of us, that's how we grew up with in the natural. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody will just be in their proper position. Because the vigilator has just arrived. <laughs> and he comes around vigilating. I don't want to be that kind of daddy. I'm a lively daddy. Don't you like this kind of daddy? I'm a lively daddy. I'm relatable. You know, the pastors and ministers and Dickens retreats the other day. I love it. Because he gave me opportunity to even to, to fellowship with especially the new generation of ministers that don't know me. Because they like, see ah, Reverend K. Because I never pastored them. I was pastoring when they were still in diapers. That's the truth. I've been pastoring for over 25 years now. Hmm? So it was an opportunity to fellowship with them. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, this is your wife. Oh, nice to meet your wife. I love it. So the mere fact that you call somebody mentor does not mean it will be it will be tormenting you. That's not a mentor, that's a tormentor. Who is a terrorist? <laughs> I mean, I play with my children, even my biological children. You know, whenever I can't play with them, you know what I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. Things are in the house. I'm not that serious, you know. I'm serious. Those of you that know me, you know I'm not that serious. I'm a fun guy. I want to come home and say, How you doing, buddy? We need to see myself and my son hagging at times. At times, I just use authority. I said, are leave my room <laughs> because he, he supports the team. I don't support <laughs> I love Golden State, he doesn't like them. I said, Why will you not like Golden State? Repent, repent. We have five championships in us. We've only won two, three more. He said, Daddy, no way. Rockets can be there, Oklahoma can be there. Yeah, go and sleep, go and sleep, just go. <laughs> go and sleep. When I realize it's an argument, I come with you, I go, go, go. Then, I, then the father in me rises up and so says, go, 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 go and sleep. But Have you done your own work? <laughs> <laughs> have you done the dishes? Have you taken the trash out? <laughs> because it's like the, the, the argument is going in the direction that I normally?" not winning. He says, "Boy, love fellowship. Bringing yourself under does not mean they are going to be marching over you. Maybe that's why you are scared, because you've been tormented before. A mentor, a true mentor, is not a tormentor. Yeah. In fact, after a while, you'll be able to even argue decently yeah. with your mentor. Yeah. I mean, to the glory of God, I've gotten to that level. When me and Reverend we talk freely. Even Reverend Judge you talk freely. The other day we were talking. After the talk, I probably hey, said, wow, I've grown old. I said, I said that is not like that. Say really, say yes, it's not like that. Oh, this is the way it is. This is way it is. I said, mm, if you say so, <laughs> that's how we ended it. Come and I felt good. I say yes, <laughs> because he has a strong personality. Normally, people back, people they back. I didn't back away. That, that one, I didn't back away. He charge, I charge back.
0: <laughs> I say I have facts.
1: Say really, yeah show me the facts. Show the facts. And after we just pull down They say okay if you say so i say thank you sir i won (laughs) but listen i say respect him i honor him i don't joke with him anything that has to do with him i elevate it so having a mentor does not mean you're being kicked around pushed around you are running all over the place can joke with your mentor without being overly familiar so accountability and those of you that you've been in church your pastor let's say your church is a mega church several hundreds your pastor cannot know everybody at least somebody in leadership must know you it's three months before your wedding you start talking to them that you have a woman what kind of a person are you at that point they can't even say anything if they say anything you will call them munch before you start cooking, when you are still getting the raw material, bring it to your mentor. Let them see what you are about to cook. This concussion, will it poison you? <laughs> you know, one of my daughters, the other day we were talking, and he was talking about the, the person he brought to me, she, he, she brought to me several years ago, days of number eight, Thomas Alaco streets. Thank God. She, she was that open to me. She brought her daddy, there's somebody talking, those days, people don't even call me daddy. So pastor i uh, uh, passed okay there's somebody i was a bobo bubble then ah oh boy you should have seen me in my bobo days i was cool right days i used to preach with these sanchos i'm not if you remember that sanchos that brown sanchos the first time you saw me preach that was what i was using in bridge i mean oh boy i was cowboy Ch- sanchos so those were the days so she came to me and said daddy uh, there's this person we are seeing you know your generation is a very complicated generation that you are dating you are seeing you are talking you are standing very complicated in our own days we just engage from day one very simple we engage engage at the bus stop engage anywhere just engage no now you have to kneel down I mean and create a scene a very dramatic generation and there's a cameraman trying to capture it We just engage. You know, we had relationship conference last weekend in Chicago. And you know, they were asking a manner of questions like me, Lord deliver me from this generation. They're not that complex. I mean, my generation, you will hear God. This is your husband. This is your wife. Some people might be interested in you. This is the one that you had God. That's the one you are waiting for. And you have to see, talk, date. Stand and you know, very complex. So she came to me and said, Oh, there's this person that we've been talking, or uh, I said, Bring him. So he came. Number eight, Thomas, I street. So he sat down. So I started joking with him, How are you? Do you go to church? I go to church. Mention the name of John. So that's good. So how often do you go? He said, Ah, not often. I said, Why? said i walk from sunrise to sunset
0: <laughs>
1: at that point i just disconnected <laughs> said, you want to marry my daughter you walk from sunrise to sunset so after he left she came and said how did you do i said sunrise <laughs> <laughs> and we're still joking about it as of till today a few days ago in fact she was one that brought it I he said daddy you remember sunrise i said i remember <laughs> <laughs> and I told her I said this one we're not gonna pray about it <laughs> you cannot marry sunrise <laughs> do you know sunrise eventually ma- did Nikia is that what they call it Nikai because it's sunrise <laughs> of course not with my daughter my daughter is married to a pastor today Hallelujah. are you listening to me happy but can- and sunrise was very nice Ladies and gentlemen, you need more than right is, is it nice or nice? Nice. You need more than nice for marriage. Is it nice? There are so many people beating their wife today. They were nice. Give people the opportunity to look into your life to tell you. I. I mean, thank God I was already in a relationship then. It was not like I was trying to marry her or interested in her. But. I mean it was just a sincere opinion yeah it's because she is he, not a member of our church they want us to marry my church ladies and gentlemen you don't have to marry in the church of course I will love you to stay in the family but you know it's just it's only natural yeah. but I we have always I've also seen situations whereby it did not happen that way and it was still the right decision are you listening to me it's because better be sincere with yourself Somebody is trying to guide you. You hide him. You only announce when it's it's too late to correct. You have printed the invitation. In fact, the marriage is far from church. So yeah, I'm trying to protect my new family. It's a dangerous way to live. Open your life to mentors. Somebody said mentors. So the weight of independence is a dangerous weight. Is a dang- this message is a message people need to listen to over and over. Weight of independence. Just independent, independent. People that are independent are limited. One to him who is alone. Two is better than one. A threefold cord that is not easily broken. You need a team. And that team includes mentors. It includes peers. Good friends. Friends that can say anything to your face because they are not afraid of you. And protégés that you point to but at the same time they can still teach you. you know you learn things from your children? Because your children, there are certain things, I've said it before, they, you know, there, there are things that are more natural to them than you. By the virtue of the generation they belong to. Somebody shout Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Are we getting blessed? Ooh, I love this workers' conference. It's different from supernatural. It's unique. Let me show you a few scriptures don't be a lone ranger proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 proverbs 11 verse 14 proverbs 11 verse 14 it says where there's no counsel the people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is what safety now go to proverbs chapter 15 verse 22 where there's no counsel the people fall when the multitude of counselors there's what safety proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22 he said without counselors plants go hurry another word way to say is that plants are frustrated purposes are frustrated but in the multitude of counselors they are established now go to proverbs chapter 20 verse 18. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 18. He said, plans are established by counsel and by wise counsel wage war. Wise counsel. And, but if you are an independent, a lone ranger, you are without what? Counsel. Do stupid things. Can easily get delivered from stupidity by having wise counsel around you somebody shout amen Amen. and the last weight is what I call the weight of strife and offense the weight of what strife and offense how many times have we seen people that destroyed a divine relationship simply because of an offense the people that God has sent into your life from your pastor to your friend your boss to your wife are not perfect like you are not perfect the same way you are not perfect they are not what they're not perfect remember the pastor your boss your colleague even your children because i've seen cases of people parents that took offense with their children Offense. Offenses will surely come. You will have opportunities to be offended. You know, one of the scenes I made several years ago that helps me is this. Concerning the people I call my mentors, the people that watch over me, there's nothing they can do that will warrant being offended. I can recognize what is not right, but that does not mean I will be offended. To the point that I will disconnect. Because what offense does is this. You disconnect. All of a sudden, the same place, the same, the same people that have been a blessing to you, they lose value. Offense creates blindness. Such blindness that you can no longer see value in what is valuable. Because all you see now is they are wrong. There's a magnification of what they did which was not appropriate and and there are even times that what you consider the offense is actually a perspective that might not be accurate that in a few years time when you have matured you realize you are not right but simply because you are too offended you could not even see you are so blinded. How many times have we seen people that left churches when there is no business then of them leaving church? Don't tell me it's the Holy Ghost. You are offended. I declare everyone who has weakness along the line of offense, I declare this morning receive your deliverance.
0: Yeah. There
1: are people today, they are stranded in marriage because they did not marry the person they should have married because of offense. Of offense destroy the relationship that should have been so beautiful. They had an expectation of perfection when they themselves are not perfect. Offense is terrible. Strive speaks of a conflict or disagreement over fundamental issues. Strive. While offense is a resentment or a feeling of displeasure brought about by perceived insult. You feel insulted, so you cut off. Like i said a few days ago some people they go around with a scissors in their pockets all the time when you do something they don't like they just cut you i'll catch you i'll catch you and that's why they are alone some people die alone because they are too offended their children no relationship I can't, I can't, I can't let go. You can let go. It's a major cause of this connection in many divinely ordained relationships. Constant receiving of the love of God will help you to forgive and let go of offenses. Say with me, say, I, I receive, receive the love of God, love of God today, today and I declare. The love of God cleanses me of all offense. I have the ability to forgive. I have the ability to stay connected. I have the ability to protect a relationship that is valuable. You know, researchers have revealed that most people cannot stay in the church more than 10 years. After 10 years, something must happen. And they will now go out and start all over again. And even a lot of times where they go to start all over again, has no relationship with their destiny. You left your father's house. You now moved into a house across the street which was never your house. Forever you will be a stranger in the house. Offense. King's Kingsword is not perfect, I know. Yeah. Because you are not perfect. The only reason we can come with a Perfect system is when you become perfect. So, if you, all of you here promise me that you'll be perfect, we will develop a perfect system. Tell her, am I right? So, can you let's, let's, let's make a vow that we we'll all be perfect and you know, then we end up with a perfect system. You're looking for a perfect church? It does not exist. On heart, a perfect organization, a perfect corporation, a perfect perfect marriage. If anybody tells you my wife and I we've never had a quarrel before, there's a tormentor in the marriage. (laughs) (laughs) There's a tormentor. There's a tormentor. (laughs) Somebody's been tormented. So there's a tormentor and a tormentee. (laughs) (laughs) That's a -a bukuara marriage. Let's look at a few scriptures, and we we'll get into ordination. Matthew eighteen seven. Wow, this is a beautiful teaching, Father. Yeah. I think some of us, some of us pastors, we need to take to our churches and plead for the workforce.
0: Plead, 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 workforce.
1: I mean, I was thinking about somebody of late. This person, even the person you married, I was the one that introduced you to to him. You did not know him from Adam. What can I do? Now moved out of the country, moved into the person's house, you cut me off. Start a new life. A new page, a new chapter of your life. That's stupid. I don't even know what I did. At least, or did not do. At least give me an opportunity to to repent. And if you know me very well, saying sorry is not a big deal. And I mean it. There are times I will say sorry just to to at least to get your attention. And I mean it. It's not because I was wrong. It's because you want it. So I'll give it to you. And I mean that sorry is a pure seed of sorry. Say I'm sorry in fact a lot of times i'm sorry for because of the way you feel because some of you cannot say sorry because you feel you are not wrong it's okay if you are not wrong but at least for the way it feels i'm sorry don't say it that way don't say i'm sorry because of the way you feel just say i am sorry don't fill the blank <laughs> some of you are too real i'm sorry not because you are i'm wrong of the way you feel I'm then you, you just put just put kerosene inside the fire you say hey, hey. so you are still insisting say, i'm sorry sincerely i'm sorry don't feel in the blank inside of you know i'm sorry because of the way you feel but really nothing is wrong with you but i'm still sorry <laughs> somebody shout hallelujah and in marriage, you need this. Yeah. Husband and wife. Yeah. You must be ready to say so. Because there's a way somebody can have one party in the marriage as a perception. And you will never be able to get through to him or her until that perception is cleared. At that point, prostrate, kneel down. Do anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I mean it. Deep down, you know you've not done anything <laughs> wrong. But I'm sorry. And this can make him come because perception is so powerful. Yes, sir and at times, in fact, there are times it takes the Holy Ghost to clear the perception. A few weeks, a few months down the line, when the perception is clear, the same person will come to you and kneel down and say, I was stupid. But thank God you said you are sorry. Because you are sorry, that seed of you are sorry, made it possible for me to see how stupid I have been. Because until that blindness was removed, I was not able to see. At times it takes people's friends to wake them up. At the times they will now go to their friends. I said, this is what I did to my husband. Your friend say, ah! And what did your husband do? He, he said, I'm sorry. He said, ah, you married a good man, no. Because what you did was terrible. How dare you? And all of a sudden understanding comes. I say, yeah. And the same person will now come home and say, wow, I was stupid. I knew that. You start praying for the friends. Say, Lord, shh, thank you for those friends. Lord, me they never fight. <laughs> Somebody shout, hallelujah. hallelujah. Weight of strife and offense. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7. Weight of strife and offense. Matthew 18, 7. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. So there will always be opportunity to be what? Offended, but why should you? Why should it be you taking the offense? Say with me, say, I have capacity capacity to love, love, not to be easily offended. Say loud and clear, say, I have capacity capacity to to love, not to be easily offended. Now, let's see another scripture Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. I have capacity to love, not to be easily offended. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. He says, no, we're still Matthew. Okay. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. No, verse 31, not 30. Next verse. Let all bitterness, rot, hunger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Say with me, say, I have the love of God. Amen. Seated inside of me, so I declare bitterness, rot, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and offense don't have a place here. Yeah. I don't harbor forgiveness, it's dangerous. He said that weight will slow you down. After a while, you will not be able to recognize yourself because you'll be so behind. People would have moved past you. Bitter people, the whole world has offended them. Now they can't trust anybody. Let's go. Let's go. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice that is, you know, suffering as a result of one exposure or the other to bitterness, I mean to an experience that brought bitterness to him or her. I declare this morning, receive your deliverance. And the last scripture, and we're done. Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Hebrews 12, 15. It says, looking carefully lest anyone fall short. Of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become full. You know as powerful as the grace of God is. There's a root of bitterness that stops the flow of grace. Get on your. Get on your there's a what? Root of bitterness. And the moment grace cannot reach you. You are in dangerous. You are in a, you are in a dangerous territory. Grace can not reach you. Because you are too bitter. You are too angry. Somebody has done the unpardonable sin. Root of bitterness. People dry up when they allow bitterness to take root. Who has offended you? Who has done you wrong? Who has insulted you? Who has taken advantage of you? Who is that person that you cannot forgive? haven't been forgiven by God. You have a command from your commander that says, go and forgive. It's a weight. And you don't need that weight. You don't need that weight. So this morning, I want to pray for people that say, Pastor, help me. I've been, I've been carrying this for so long. Well, I want to be helped this morning I want to be free I want to be free if you are saying that can you come forward let me pray with you before we uh, do the ordination of our deacons. can you come just come forward there's something you've been harboring in terms of unforgiveness in terms of something that happened to you at a time and it's difficult to let go Somebody took advantage of you. You felt abused. A man. Your ex husband. Your ex wife. Your ex boyfriend. Your ex girlfriend. Somebody that promised you, or maybe your employer, he promised you heaven and earth and he, did, he delivered hell. He told you I would be there for you. But it was nowhere when you needed him. You thought you had a future together. But he dropped you and moved on. And now you can't trust any woman again. You can't trust any man again. Because of what you've been subjected to. But this morning, God is saying, let me help you. I mean, can you move to the center a little bit?
0: Yes. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. It's time to let go of all offenses and let Jesus heal you. It's okay if you need to cry. Cry. And let him heal you. Let him heal you. It's not worth it. Don't give that person the right to control the rest of your life. You have a future in God. You have a race to run. You have a course to finish. Just tell God, God, help me. I receive grace. I am helped this morning. I receive grace to do what is necessary. To let go of that unforgiveness, of that bitterness, I don't want to carry this weight any longer. I want to run with speed. I want to run with speed. I want to fulfill my destiny. I don't want to be stranded. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. On um, to G, Jesus.
0: I surrender on to him
1: how freely
0: I ever hold my trust him in me his presence.
1: Father, I pray for every one of them this morning. Let there be an extension of your hell. Put your two hands on your chest. Let the ministry of your spirit comfort their hearts, encourage their hearts. And I declare whatsoever they might have been holding to until now, right now, receive grace to let go right now. Does it help is there? Does it help? Does it, does it help? That person is released. That situation is let go. Receive encouragements in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Say with me say i am helped nothing can hold me down any longer i'm free i'm free no weight will hold me down in jesus name come on celebrate
0: jesus